Welcome to Milano Leather at the South Shore Plaza in Braintree, where you can shop Estradinaire clothing, local urban fashion wear for men, women, and children. your way here for Estradinaire's winter blowout sale. As we get ready for spring, you can also receive 50% off of all furs and leathers in the store. So come and enjoy the experience and shop Estrada. At Audios, our engineers have created a breakthrough in wireless loudspeakers. We developed a new way to experience sound. Audios, the future of loudspeakers. Hi, I'm Eric Young, the co-founder and CEO of Audios, and we're building the first fully wireless loudspeakers for venues and event spaces. With Audios, all you have to do is place the speakers where you want them and press the power button. The speakers automatically build their own wireless network, connect to each other, and start streaming. That means you have zero cables and zero cable replacements. A 300-person event that would take one hour to set up only takes 10 minutes with Audios. Our wireless speaker doesn't need Bluetooth, a Wi-Fi router, and has two patents granted. To learn more, go to republic.co forward slash audios. For a limited time only, anyone can invest and become a part owner. Hi, my name is Al. I am a father and I have two kids. I also ride a motorcycle. So please, check twice. Save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. For more information on sharing the road, visit mass.gov slash RMV. This is Vianna Marie and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com. You're the dead MC, flying at my feet. You took a nine millimeter rhyme straight to your mind. Damn, my better split. This is my time, so I make my way up the block. Get the whole base and lock that. Uh. Crack the Cavassier and grab the phone. Call one of my troops up. Host the soldiers when he says, Yo, what's up? What's going on? Make it quick, cause I'm trying to get my stellar on. Go. Uh. You grow up in the. These lyrical assassins tried to pull a hit and then boom, came a noise from the other room. It was the boys in blue with the SWAT crew. They got us locked up for lyrical murder. It's one of them charges that you never heard of. It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. 
Yeah, we're killing all your podcasts like the HIV virus. You want to battle this kid? Huh, don't even try this. Back the uh. up, think again, count to ten. You want to grab that mic just to get done in? It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. Was he African? African. African. No. He was American, and he was like you. He looked just like you. He was Jewish. Just Wait, like okay. him. Okay, Jew. Okay. It's an odd crime for a Jew to yeah, commit. Yeah, uh, pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cop. Yeah. <sighs> he was Caucasian. To the champions, and you are listening to the booth. It's Sinister One broadcasting live for the City of Champions. You are listening to the booth. I already have my guest on with me tonight. Looking over to the left side, she was bumping to the music, and uh, very glad to have her on. She's all fired up. She's ready to go. Uh, but I got to get into my sponsors and stuff real quick. Um, first of all, I got to thank my guest last week, Maddie Cameron, Maddie C Sports for you and me for coming on the show last week. Hanging out from Maddie Sam. Uh, Maddie interviewed uh, a gentleman from Deadliest Catch Bloodline, and it was a great show last week. It's replaying. You also want to catch Maddie's show after mine tonight. He's got a gentleman on Storyline Tees LLC, uh, Nathaniel Cormier. He's coming on with his show tonight. So I got to thank him. If you guys are looking over to the left, uh, my lovely special guest tonight is former Playboy Playmate, Centerfold of the Month. Motivational speaker, real estate and life insurance salesperson, Agent Deborah Driggs. Welcome to the show, Deborah. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. We, we're live. I love it. Yeah, we are live. We got a lot of people in the chat. What's going on, Jim Tuffy? What's going on, Lindsay Diva, Dave Haggerty? What's going on, Viana Marie? She's in the chat. What's going on? Everybody's tuned in and waiting Hi, to everybody. do the show. Nice. Yeah. Um, Got to mention my sponsors real quick down below here. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics for my Xbox controllers. If one breaks, I send it out. He's got it back to me within 24 hours to 48 hours, and I'm back to gaming. Also, RebelRom.com, that's my cousin's clothing line. You want to check her out? Pick up some great items there from her. And Tactical Target Systems. Um, you guys know that I go and spend a lot of time at the gun range because I'm a big guy that feels like the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. So I've got my zombie targets. I've got to practice my headshots and we're ready to go again. My artist, Viana Marie, her music is available everywhere online at all streaming locations. Check her out. She's in the chat. She's got a lot of stuff going on here, but I got my guest on with me right now. And I love De- those sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Deborah Driggs. <laughs> Um, so, so, so about a two, about two months ago, I had Jeannie Silver on my show and she was the first porn star that I've had on my show. She was being inducted into the ABN hall of fames. It was a great interview. It was funny. She made me blush. <laughs> um, and it, and it was great stuff. So here we are, yeah. uh, you know, a few weeks, a month later, and now I've got a playboy centerfold on the show with us tonight. And, um, we're going to get right into it because, um, you actually have been around for quite quite a while. Um, you were doing a lot of things in print. You were doing some things in in pictures, um, but things really did take off for you 
when you got that call um, from Marilyn Grabowski. Now, the funny thing is, is that you, you're you're five six. Yeah. You're short, and back then, you know, I'm the not age... short. <laughs> the, the era, the era, well, the era yeah, of supermodels was then. Yeah, let's just clarify. I am not short. I am above average. Okay. <laughs> well, by 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 modeling standards back then am, in the eighties yes. and nineties, they they had considered. Oh, those... trust me, everybody, everybody, <laughs> you're too short to model, you know. And I said, watch me, you know. I love when people give you fuel. Yeah. And it's and it's great to see that you succeeded. So the first thing I gotta show you guys up here first is a picture of her cover of a book, Hot Pink, The Girl's Guide to Primping, Passion, and Public Fashion. You wrote this book with Karen Rish. It's still available out there on Amazon.com. A couple of sites that I went to, actually it was sold out. So yep. just talk about this book real quick and what inspired you to write it. So in the nineties, right after I did Playboy. As a joke, I used to say, it's all about the pussy. And, and because I felt that it was. And, and it wasn't that I was trying to be really outlandish or anything. But if you think about it now, I was way ahead of my time. Yes, and I were. really, the book was supposed to be a funny book about grooming your private parts. And it was supposed to have, be like a coffee table book. And it was supposed to, and the title was going to be, it was all about the pussy and there was going to be a cat. But then when you opened it, it was going to be a grooming book. And it was going to talk about quaffing and, and waxing and laser. And, but it was going to be done beautifully. And it was going to be a coffee book. And we had this beautiful outline. We sent it to all the publishers nobody wanted it they said nobody will read this book so we ended up rewriting the book and we made it an ebook and guess where most of they because they told us nobody in the middle in the midwest is going to buy this book right. and of course we do the ebook and guess where most of our sales came from <laughs> the, the midwest the, yeah of course yeah. the hypocritical bible about people like yeah i want to know about that <laughs> of course they do and so really the 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 funny stuff got taken out and I had written so much funny stuff about it because I thought it's a funny subject, you know, when you think about it, that people want to groom. Well, you know, this was in the early 90s. So Correct. like I said, I was a little uh, ahead of my time. There was yes, no are. book. There was no book about that. And I thought this could be really funny and it could be a couple, you know, it could be a conversation piece is what it was. So and it ended up being hot pink. And nobody wanted to publish it. And so we had to start from scratch. And then I kind of put it to the side and it became an ebook. And like I said, most of the sales came from the Midwest, of course. <laughs> Viana Marie agrees. <laughs> That's a great story. Viana Marie yeah. is in the chat. She says, shaking my head, five, six is not short. So Viana Marie, our recording artist, she's agreeing with you. And like I said, I'm just saying by modeling standards back then is uh, is something um, to just talk about that you made yeah. that success. I and see by the way, of... yeah, by the way, today, that does mm -hmm. not hold true at all. But back then, you know, it was really hard to break into modeling at 5'6". It really was. Right. And I see Dave Haggerty, Flo Jackson, what's up? I see you in the chat. Uh, Melissa Litchfield, the mother of my boys, she's in the chat. And I'm going to actually pull this up real quick while Melissa Litchfield is watching in the chat. Um, Deborah Driggs actually was married to... Mitch Gaylord, they have three kids together. I'm going to pull up this picture real quick of them on the cover of Beverly Hills 213, Deborah and Mitch Gaylord. They were married. For how long were you guys married for? 
We were married for 12 years together for wow. 14. Yep. Wow. I know we, we, wow. we had a, we lasted. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were married. We were together for 14 years. We got married in 92 in Los Angeles and we, I had children right away and I had three back to back. I had three babies in three years. Wow. <laughs> so we, so talk about really getting thrown into family so, life. And well, the reason why I mentioned this, because I'm an eighties kid. I grew up in the eighties. My kid's mother, we all grew up in the eighties. And when we were dating back in the day, she was obsessed with this freaking movie, American Anthem, that he yeah. was the star of. And it was like, we had, I remember one night we had planned to go out on a date, and she asked, Oh, no, I want to stay home because American Anthem is on. And it was like, yeah. if, you, if you was to ask me to watch this movie right now, I would have PTSD because I watched this movie so many times with her. Um, yeah. and, and to see that he stayed fit and he continued on, um, he He's did the still tour of France. Fit. Really? Yeah, he He's still fit to this day. Yeah, he takes very good care of himself. You know, what's interesting about American Anthem, and a lot of people do not know this, is that Albert Magnolia is the director. Of from Purple American Rain. Anthem, that was his Purple Rain. movie. Yep. And so he had huge success with Purple Rain. And then he goes to do another hit, American Anthem, and my ex had no acting experience at all. Although he did a great job, I thought, for not having acting experience. Kudos to him for being thrown into the fire, so to speak. And so that movie, American Anthem, opened the same weekend as like Back to the Future and three blockbuster movies all opened. And so they pulled it and they didn't give it time. And I really feel like if they would have left it in theaters, mm -hmm. it would it because now it's like a cult movie. That's everybody right. has it watched, is. right? Yeah, that's right. It's one of those '80s movies that everybody's seen. Actually, um, I have someone in the chat, live chat. She's asking, "Can you still get the book and where?" Flo Jackson. Uh, online, online. So any yeah. online retail for books. So Flo Jackson, any online and it's an retailers. E it's, it's an, an ebook. E it's yeah. an ebook, Flo Jackson, so that's there for you. Uh, but again, I thought that was funny. That's a little piece of trivia for people that Mitch Gaylord yeah. is actually your ex-husband from yep. American Anthem. And if you're an 80s kid, because 80s is coming back around. We've got the revival of Karate Kid. You've got all this 80s stuff coming back around. And I was mentioning it to my artist, and she had never seen it. And I'm like, oh, my God, American Anthem was this crazy movie in the 80s about this Huge. Olympic U.S. team. It was Janet Jones's first movie. Yeah. Um, and and actually, set her career off, right? Actually, I don't know if it was her first. She had, I don't know, because she was in a chorus line. She had oh, done Heartbreak right. Heartbreak Kid. She had done a few movies. So she she was actually really, you know, she was doing work. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's a, it was, a, like I said, if people really knew the trivia behind it and the fact that it opened with all these blockbuster movies, but we're not here to promote my ex-husband, okay? No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're here for you, and that's where I want to move. And that's where I want to move on because you actually would started out as an elite-level figure skater. And I knew a girl who was practicing to be a figure skater back in the day. A lot of hours training on the ice. It was tough to have, you know, any type of life if you're spending hours at the rink. Yeah, um, and there was you... well, and I, I don't know how she, she's. I don't know what her age is, but when I skated, we had to do figures. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't do that anymore. So we had to, I had to get up at 4 a.m., go skate before school and do, we called it patch. And we did patch. I did patch for three hours. So Jesus. basically we had scribes and we would draw a figure, you know, like a crazy eight. Mm -hmm. And we did figures 
for three hours. <laughs> wow. and, and in order to go to the Olympics, just to give you a little perspective of what it used mm-hmm. to be like, in order to go to the Olympics, you had to pass all eight figure That's tests. Right. Mm-hmm. So I only got to my third figure test. And, and that took me, I mean, it took me a lot of years. I mean, when I really think about because patch was boring. I just wanted to skate and do twirls and skate, you know, and then I had to got had to do this patch thing. And I was like, what's with figures? And you had to have two <laughs> pairs of skates, one for figures and one for freestyle. And it just was, it, it consumed my life. That's all I did. And the and the funny thing is the only reason why I know about this stuff that you're talking about is because we're here in because we're here <laughs> I'm in Massachusetts. Shocked. I'm well, shocked that you know this. Well, like, here, how do you know well, this? Well, we're here in Massachusetts, which is the home of Nancy Kerrigan. So I love Nancy, her. Yeah. Yep. So when Nancy Kerrigan was up and coming as a young girl, you know they were doing all these stories about her. They were following her all the yeah. way until she became on that Olymp- Olympic team, and it was. Nancy Kerrigan, everybody knew everything about Nancy yeah. Kerrigan. People were at the rink watching her practice. It was <laughs> yeah. so anybody you talk to from Massachusetts, like, oh, we feel your pain. We know. <laughs> yeah, she was a beautiful, beautiful skater. Yeah. And it was it was just tough to see. So you then sign on, you go to school, and then you decide to sign up. You get into uh, an agency, Mary Webb Agency, who I feel when they set this thing up with you and playboy i feel they knew more than they realized um you went in there and you thought that you were going to be taking pictures for the lingerie cover of playboy and not doing any nudity and you got there and i'll let you tell the story what happened well yeah so i had i you know i'm in la i was a southern california girl i'm born and raised la and i already had two agents you know i was with pacific artists and mary webb davis who you mentioned my print agent and so she called me and she said, Playboy's coming out with a new book, a new a new uh, trade, and it's going to be called The Lingerie Book, and they really want to see you for the cover. And that was right around the time that I had a couple of swimsuit campaigns running with Beach Research and uh, Ocean Pacific and Body Glove. And so mm-hmm. I had a couple of things going on. And so they liked my look and they wanted to see me for the cover. And I went into, I, oh, well, you know, my first question was, well, is there nudity? You know? And she's like, I don't think so. It's for the cover. Right, yeah. you know, like we were all we were all naive. This is what's so funny about it when I think back, you know. She's like, I don't think so. It's it's you know, it's for the cover. And so I show up to the famous Playboy building on Sunset. I sign in and I say, I'm here with my, you know, I have my portfolio and I'm here for the cover of the lingerie book or whatever. They handed me a robe and told me to go change and take everything off and they're gonna do a Polaroid. I said, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not here for that. I'm here for the, the thing. And they said, well, everything we do is nudity. So let me give you a little flashback to what it was like in 1989. When you would go and on these go-sees for swimsuits or lingerie or catalog work or whatever, anything that would show mm-hmm. your body, they were looking for scars, tattoos, piercings, birthmarks. That was a big deal back then. Now, today, right. nobody cares. But that was a big deal back then. That's just how it was. And so they were looking for that kind of stuff to see what they were working with. And I said, no, everything's good, you know, and I'm not taking off my clothes. And so I'm already now I'm difficult, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm not getting, I'm not getting this job. (laughs) They're like, who's this girl? And I leave. I did a Polaroid, but I left all my undergarments on. Mm -hmm. And the photographer's like, okay, okay, whatever, you know. And so I leave, and then that afternoon I get a call that 
not only are they interested for that, but now they want me to shoot a centerfold. And I'm like, me? I go, I think they're confusing me with somebody because I'm not Playboy. Like in my head, I'm thinking I'm not Playboy material. And I called my agent. She's like, no, it's true. They want to shoot you to be a centerfold. And I'm like, this cannot be right. <laughs> like, you know, because I'm like the funny catalog girl, you know, and I didn't look at myself that way. So in 1989, Playboy was a number one magazine in the world. That's right. Many celebrities at that time were doing pictorials and it had a lot of momentum. And I thought, you know, this might be a good thing because I was going on acting auditions at this point. And I thought it would further my career and open up doors, which it did. And so after talking to a few people, including, you know, both my agencies, they said, yeah, we're okay with it. If you're okay with it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm okay with it. <laughs> so they, the first thing we did was a test. So I went and I did a test shoot and then that all, everything always went to Hef and Hef looked at the test and said, yeah, I want her to be a centerfold. So then mm. they called me and said, you're in, we're going to start the shooting. And it was a six to eight week photo shoot every day I was on the set shooting and then they told me I was going to be March 90 and then they flew me to Chicago and it just coincided that my centerfold was March and then I was on the cover of April that's right and that's that was unusual so that was really cool and um and then of course Donald Trump is on the cover of my centerfold issue which makes it a collector's item Right, and I'm going to show I'm going to show these people the covers real quick. Yeah, and here's the cover of you, April of 1990, Girls of the ACC, um, is the issue that you were in, and yep. then the following month, there's the issue of you with you and Donald Trump. And the funny thing is, is I actually looked it up online, and I saw right now they're getting close to two hundred to three hundred dollars for that issue. Yeah, by it by and itself. It, it, now, by can itself. you imagine? If they have both signatures, if they have oh his signature God. and my signature, it's a, it is. So I get more fan mail now in the last two years. I have gotten at least two packages a day. People please sign and they'll send me the magazine. And I'm like, boy, they're really trusting me because I could keep them, you know, but right. I just, you know, but that's, you know, I will, you know, I have my own collection. So, but yeah, so I get more fan mail today, which I think is really cool. So thank you, Mr. President. Nice. So what I'm going to do love, right here, love, yeah. I'm going to show these guys a quick picture. This is actually the centerfold. Sent, it's, it's actually censored, people. So this is yeah. it right here. I'm going to put it up on the screen <laughs> for the you way, guys. Even if you showed it, it's tame for today. It's like, you know, <laughs> oh, I know. oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> so there she is, Deborah Driggs, centerfold. Uh, that was in uh, March of 1990. And yeah, again, you can see uh, a lot more on Instagram these days. Like, that's nothing, you know. And um, that's her centerfold there. So, yowza to everybody who's watching. That's for you guys out there checking it out. They're like, and... they're looking at me now going, <laughs> that's not her. That's well, not her. Well, to be honest, let's put this up right here. I'm going to put this up for everybody right here to see. And this is off your Instagram. And you're 57. You don't keep it a secret. You've got it no. right on your Instagram page. That you're 57 years old. This is a yep. photo of you at the beach in California, taken in January, yep. and in shape. How do you do it? How do you stay in shape like that? I I have a quote that I say, and so I on all my social media, you'll see I put aging, uh, age, aging gracefully is a full time job because it is. Mm -hmm. It really is. And and you know, and I've made it kind of my mission to not do a lot of stuff surgically or 
or um, not too much of the Botox stuff. I like to get a little bit once in a while, but I really right. prefer not to. So for example, today I went and got a stem cell treatment mm-hmm. and, um, and that is to rejuvenate cells from the inside. And um, I really love yoga. I think that there are so many yoga poses that are anti-aging. And I got into yoga, thank God, in the early 90s. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that's like and when you I, started. And, I, and I've been doing yoga for years. I swear by it. And I love to be out, out, outdoors. But I stopped going in the sun. And this is another thing. You know, people ask me all the time, what are your secrets? What do you do? You know, who do you go to? Mm-hmm. Who does your stuff? And I go, well, I don't do a lot of, I don't, I just don't. I don't do a lot of injection stuff but I don't go in the sun anymore. I used to in my twenties and the sun is the worst for aging sun and smoking. Oh yes. So any girls out there that are smokers stop that because I, you'll see, you will age when you get to be my age, you'll look 10, 20 years older just Mm. from smoking alone. And we're going to get into this this other talk because this is a, another part of the industry that you're involved with. So I do have some questions for you on that. Yep. So you 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 were in Playboy. You became this popular girl, and like I, I I look at the pictures, and you look like the girl next door. You weren't this extravagant, non-approachable person. You look at no. your pictures, and you were that girl next door. You were that girl that the, that the kids had the crush on, but didn't you know that that you were always there for them. You know, so um, you get this call, your career blows up at, at Playboy. Um, you actually become the first VJ for yep. Playboy Channel's answer to MTV. And you actually was replaced because you went and started to do movies and your stuff picked up. And you were replaced by Jenny McCarthy, who took it yep. over after you. Isn't that? And you know what's so cool about this? It's like I used to say, they our vibes were very similar because I was always like, if you watch like the early shows of the hot rocks, I was always just acting and like over. over the top and like, you know, cause that was, I love to be, that is my favorite thing to do is just to be fun and spontaneous and like not worry about what the script is. And so I'd go off script all the time. And, um, and I love talking to people. And so I got to interview like Barry White and tons nice. of rock, like Barry White was my first guest. And then like all these bands that were having a hard time getting seen because they were a little bit more outrageous. I would, right. I'd like love it. I'd welcome it. And so, yeah, that was a really fun time. And then I had an audition to do a part in a movie with Michael Nury and Ooh. I, yeah. And so it was my first movie and it was, it was not a huge part, but it was a, for me, it was the first time working on a film. And so, right. so yeah, so I thought I can't do, I couldn't commit to doing Hot Rocks anymore. So yeah, Jenny came in and took over. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah. David Haggerty's in the live chat. He says, you're still a beautiful lady from Dave Haggerty. John Fidel is watching. He yeah. says, hello. Kevin Jeffries is in the chat. He says, hello. My son Terrell and my stepdaughter Haley are in the chat. How's it going? So moving on. You know, Little talk- nepotism. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much of a trendsetter you Hefner was, um, you know, back then. You know, Playboy and all these other magazines were considered kind of taboo. Um, and it's kind of hypocritical because a lot of political figures always attach themselves to Playboy and things of that such. So I find it to be um, 
kind of hypocritical of that business stigmata. Uh, but yeah. you were well known for print and TV ads. And I want to just know, because for some people, I've always heard that if you could be in print and TV ads steady, you could make more money and not deal with the same hassle of being a supermodel. Would you agree with that and say that, it, you know, it, it, it's a little bit more refreshing to be in print? Well, and TV it is. It, yeah. You know, I, that's how I started out. And when I, I, it's so crazy. I was in Japan and I was there to dance and, and they asked me if I would do a commercial because they liked my personality. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I've never done one. Let's do it. And I'm 20 years old. And of course I'm like, okay, they put me in a poodle skirt and I dance in front of a camera and they tell me what to do and where to look. And, and I'm like, I can do this. This is fun. You know, I'm 20. And so I came back and I knew I had a knit. There was a niche for me. I wasn't going to be the runway fashion model. I wasn't going to be in Vogue magazine. Right. Even though I love fashion and I love that that very much, but that wasn't my niche. My niche was the funny girl next door. And so, yes, I had a great career doing tons of print work just based on that. And, and, and I was easy to work with. So, yeah, you can make a great career out of doing stuff like that. And I think now we live in a time where social media is proving – Anything is of any, there's unlimited amounts of things that you can do now. It's unbelievable. And we're going to get into the social media thing because I've got a couple of real serious questions to close out with. Uh, one uh -oh. of the things is, is that, you know, ready. You, you, you stayed in this, you, you stayed true to yourself and accepted who you were accepted for is that girl next door, that funny girl. So I'm obvious that's how you stay grounded and focused and not kind of let that power go to your head. Because we have seen a lot of women that have come through the Playboy doors. Uh, they've got a lot of power. And some women have let it go to the head. Some women have not been able to deal with that success. And you saw the tragic stories of Anna Nicole Smith, um, Stephanie Adams, who jumped from a building and took her own seven-year-old son to, her, to her death. That, that was, was horrible. Horrific. Uh, yep. Dana Plato from Different Strokes. She had a couple of stints in playboy and, and she committed suicide china the wwe wrestler she was in playboy for a couple of issues she also committed suicide and then most recently ashley manningly so my question to you is you pretty much already answered that as to how you stayed focused and grounded so i'm just going to roll in this into the next question because you know i i you go on instagram and there's a lot of women on instagram and you know there's a lot of beautiful women they have a ton of followers, but every week when we pick up the paper or we get on our phones, you see another one, another young girl with all these followers that's committed suicide. Just recently, we had a young girl, uh, 22 years old. She had all of these millions of followers, and yet she still you know, commits suicide, feeling like she wasn't getting the attention that she wanted. When you go as a woman on Instagram and you see some of the things that some of these women post... Do you feel that some of this has contributed to maybe like a mental illness and that lack of attention? I'd like to see, do you think it's a bigger issue? Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. I would, I would, I, this is, and by the way, I'm no expert. So exactly. Just, I just want your opinion are, because you're, you're yeah. a centerfold who had that attention. These are, these are just Deb's opinions. And yep. here, here's, here's what I have to say. Having two grown adult daughters. Oh, okay. Is, and I'm so proud of, all three of my kids, my son and my daughters, because they're not involved too much with social media. And I think really 
somebody said it really well recently to me that the only reason to use social media is if you have something really important to share that could help somebody else. If your only goal on social media is ego and you're only there to just be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And by the way, I have fallen into this trap. Okay. So I'm guilty of this. And so this is why I'm speaking from Deb's experience is that sometimes I have to remember why am I posting? What, what is going to be, what is going to be the service of this? And, and then I think it kind of, when you can separate that, I can see why so many girls are struggling with this because again they're being thrown into something that they don't really understand yet completely and they haven't done the work internally Mm. and they're just doing the work externally and and that's not going to sustain anybody and so social media can be very dangerous and i think the only way to know that if you're addicted to social media and i've done this where i've literally taken myself off for at least 30 days just to see, am I, because it is an addiction, by the way, I say this all the time jokingly, but it's not, it's, there's some truth to it. I say my first addiction was attention. I was a three-year-old running around in go-go boots. Look at me, look at me, right? That was Mm -hmm. my first addiction. It was attention. It is an addiction and social media can be an addiction. And so we have to be really careful. If you find that you're constantly checking, 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 you should definitely put it down for 30 days. It's not easy. You know, we are now, everything is right here. We have access to everything that can be an addiction. And so, yeah, I think it's very, it can be very dangerous if you have not done the internal stuff and you're just doing the external yeah, and it's funny be, you it's say that. It's got to be because... careful. You know, these even celebrities, you know, but what mm-hmm. the, a lot of these young girls don't know is that even celebrities, they don't even run their own uh, social media. Other people run it for them. So it might look like maybe they do a little bit here and there, but really they don't have time. They're, they have other people that's, that are running their social media. So that's another thing to kind of remember. You know, mm-hmm. listen, when I was in this crazy entertainment business. Um, there was no social media. There was That's no right. internet. <laughs> you know, you couldn't Google Deborah Driggs and see what I was doing. There was nothing. Thank God. Right. I don't know that I would have survived, to be honest right. with you. I mean, there's nothing private anymore. Everything people do is out there. All you have to do is Google somebody and you can see their whole everything. And to me, that's a little... That's a little strange, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, you have, there's, this is where it's like, it's like a, a balance thing to really understand and balance that out and make sure that it's not all this way, you know, and keep it balanced. And yeah, because there you, was you, no, yeah. You, you, you made a comment and it, it's, it hit me. Um, you said you got to fix yourself internally before dealing with it externally. And it's funny you say that because one of my biggest pet peeves is when you see a lot of these celebrity young girls going under the knife and you know, they're on Instagram all the time, but then you see these young girls, the Kardashian girls, um, I forget who else just went under the knife and she's like 23 years old, Ariana Grande, I'm hearing had just went under the knife when I'm like, Ariana Grande, is she even 25 yet? 
Why is Ariana Grande going under the knife? And I, I, I just... And it's funny you say that about fixing yourself internally before working on the external. And that speaks volumes as to what we may be seeing and why this is happening. I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's even that, you know, we, we know about all the celebrity suicides, but there are a lot of women that take their life that aren't famous that go for all this plastic surgery. We had a tragic accident. I think it was two years ago in Beverly Hills where this woman... Mm-hmm went in for plastic surgery and went to the top of the building and jumped. She, for some reason, she wasn't being supervised after the surgery Mm. and made it. And it happened in front of people that I knew. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that it's like, if you're not doing the work internally first, and then you're doing all this external stuff, you're trying to lose weight and, or trying to gain weight. And it's just so much. And it's like, I worry, you know, where, where, like I said, if you're, if the message I think has to be on social media, for me, I know it's hard because I, because I did Playboy and all of that. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, that is the thing that people are interested really in. Right. So I kind of have, I'm in that balance right now of like, okay, how can I use that in a positive way? Right. And so, so if I can use my voice to say, Hey, I, I was doing all that before social media, before the internet even existed, before this existed. Mm. You know, I had a car phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'm really aging myself, but that is, you know, I like you said, I don't, I don't, I'm 57 and I feel like my life's just getting started. So I don't have an issue with age. I think getting older is sexy. It's really sexy. It, yeah, and, and it has, and it has, but it, that that is. You're funny. You say that because getting older is the new sexy. Um, where it getting really older is. used to be a bad thing, but what it is is they. So it's here's not. what it is for me. It's hypocritical. What it is is they didn't think that people would spend money on on people getting older, so they wouldn't spend that money on older people in sexy roles. What happened is, again, social media changed that and showed that older people can get all these likes and all this attention, and it makes money. So now the sexiness does sell. You know, the, the 50 is the new 25 now, and um, it is, it's just crazy, but, you know. Yeah, the, the way I feel today in my skin is different from a year ago. It's different mm-hmm. from 10 years ago. It's different from when I did Playboy. And I'm a completely diff, you know, everything in my body, if you think about it from a a scientific way, everything in my body is different. I'm not the same body internally that I was 20 years ago. Everything changes. Our cells change. Everything changes. So when they call it aging, yeah, we're doing that every day. Like things are changing in us every day. And if we think of it that way, then then it's easy to work on that first because the external kind of shows what's going on internally. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not, it, you can't hide what, you know how it is when you see somebody, you're like, are you okay? Right. You can't hide what's going on internally. And I can see it. You can see it when you look on social media and stuff and you see different photographs, you know, there's something going on with that person. And I see it with a few. That's the thing I kind of hate about social media because social media has put mental illness right in the forefront of our faces. You can tell with some people just how they post. Even even close friends, even family members, you start to realize, oh, my God, 
you know, there's a lot more going on here than than meets the yeah. eye. So, so uh, yeah, I, it's definitely something to look at. And yep, go so, ahead. You're getting a call. You're getting a call. No. Something bigger and better is happening. <laughs> it's crazy. So <laughs> I got one more question here before we let you go. So a lot of people also don't know that Deborah Driggs is a top rated, <laughs> highly touted real estate life insurance agent. And, and, and you've really made your well, name for yourself in that they industry. Don't, they don't really go together. So I, I, my first business was real estate. Real estate, now, okay. Now, now I'm in the top 5% of life insurance. Yeah, I work with a very wow. small brokerage. Um, a small brokerage that does a billion dollars of face amount a year. Like we, mm -hmm. we do, you know, we have office in New York, Virginia, LA, Austin, and West Palm Beach. And so, yeah, so we do a ton of life insurance, but it, you know, for me, people ask me all the time, what do you do? And I say, I sell life insurance, but here's what I really do is I protect people from unexpected life events using life insurance. And so we, we, you know, our company is pretty, pretty well known throughout the United States. We do really high net worth stuff. This is like like life insurance isn't sexy. Everybody out there is going. Can we go back to the Playboy stuff? Well, well like, the reason well, there's a there's a reason for me asking this question no, because it's because, really bad because people are so. It's interesting. People do all the time when when I end up doing a deal mm -hmm. with somebody and and we work together and and then they find out that I was in Playboy. They're like, "You were in Playboy?" Like <laughs> they can't even put it together. It's so funny. It's or they get to know me on a personal level, and right. then when they find out, they're like, "I just found out. Is this? Were you in Playboy? Are you on the cover?" And I was like, "Yeah." Well, th so, and that's yeah. why that's why yeah. a lot of people love this show, The Booth, because we can switch gears and get serious about yeah. things. And and one of the things I have to ask you about is you know, and this importance in this day of the GoFundMe era, and I get tired of seeing on social media. We just had another one here in Boston. A grandmother was killed by a stray bullet. And um, the importance yeah. of having life insurance. I've got to ask you this because you get tired of seeing people trying to set up GoFundMe's because nobody has the money aside. COVID yeah. really hit people in the ass. Thankfully, FEMA is now paying people back for their funerals. Thank God a lot of people are going to get that money redeemed. But before COVID, there were a lot of people who were struck with tragedies. And you saw them on social media setting well, up GoFundMe's because they didn't have a life insurance policy or, or whatever. Yeah. I'd like you to so, talk about that. Yeah. So nine 11 is a perfect example. It was a horrible, horrible, tragic thing that happened and nobody was prepared. Nobody, nobody in a million years would have thought that we would have lost so many people like that. And so that, that left a lot of, a lot of moms, a lot of families left, you know, like, what do you do now? Right. Your husband goes to work or your wife goes to work or your, or your partner goes to work, your business partner. And so it's not just protecting from, for your family, but what about businesses? What about partners that are in business together? Each partner is bringing in 50% of the, the pie and something happens to one of those partners. You just lost 50% of your revenue. And so we wow. do a lot of that, which is key, man. We do a lot of that. And so I use that example all the time and it's a horrible example and it's horrible to bring up, but it's the reality of the situation. Like you said, we don't know when things are going to come to an end. And then yes. And then people are scrambling 
because now there's funeral costs or the wife is left with, what do I do now? I've got kids to feed and there's no life insurance. And that to me is tragic, you know? And I, I try to get, you know, I, I, I always talk to my girlfriends mm-hmm. because women can persuade their husbands, you know, it's men are, it's, it, you know, and so I'll say, do you know if you're taken care of in the event that something unexpected happens? And so I built a lot of my clientele just off doing that. I'd have women come up to me in yoga and they'd go, Deborah, what are you doing now? And I would tell them, and I would say exactly what I said to you is I prepare people for unexpected life events. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I sell life insurance, you know? And so trying to take something that people want to avoid and make it sexy, it's really hard to do. And I, I, and you know, to be really good in sales, you have to really love what you're selling. And I happen to love life insurance. I think it's really necessary. I have it. God forbid, you know, thing, anything happens to me, my kids are well taken care of. And so, you know, I, yeah, so I sit down with all sorts of different people. And because of my entertainment background, I had beautiful connections there. And, mm-hmm. and in that world, um, they, they do require entertainers to be insured for a lot of shows and to carry life insurance because if they're investing for a tour or a, a show, that right. a regular show, they want the, the entertainer to be insured. And so we do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, for a while there, before he got his role as Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., the reason why he couldn't get work is because he couldn't be insured because he was a, he was a risk. And it wasn't until he got that insurance back that he was able to get the role of Tony Stark. And and I and it's his premiums are very very expensive. Still, and so really? After all, I don't this know. T- I don't oh, know oh, now. Back, right, but back but, then is what I'm saying. Those premiums, but that those are the kind of cases that we get okay. all the time because that's our specialty. That is what we do. I mean, we did Ozzy Osbourne for crying out loud. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a tough one. That's yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Jesus. He had to be, he had to have insurance for, God, this was years ago for a reality show that he was doing, but yeah. So that is that, that I was very fortunate that I had those connections and I used them and I called everybody and said, this is what I'm doing. And I know that it's required for a lot of people that in this business, they need to have insurance. Please think of me when you're in that, you know, when you're looking to get, and, and, you know, I didn't just make that one call, you know, this is how I built my business. So people go, oh, she's just lucky. Cause she, she was in that business. She did that. No, I wasn't. No, I was I was a hustler. I was persistent. I called those people. I didn't just call once. Right. I checked in every week. I was like, is anything changed? Do you need anybody to have insurance? And they were like, and it got to the point where I may not have done their insurance, but they were like, oh, I know somebody who does that. And I would start getting referrals. And I mean, it took a while. I had to hustle. I had to call everybody I knew to build my business. And now I'm fortunate that people... I'll get a text now, you know, are you still selling insurance? I have somebody for you, you know, and that's, that to me is the biggest compliment. And it's good. It's like I said, because, you know, today, you know, with Facebook and social media, you know, and you see all these people with the GoFundMe's just being yeah. caught with nothing and just begging and pleading for money to bury a loved one yes. and, 
it's just tragic, you know, and you've got this I whole agree. thing now with um, overdoses, you know, overdoses. I have someone who's close to me who lost both her parents at, at a young age. Um, both her parents in their 20s, you know, lost yeah. to overdoses. And, you know, it's just, it like you said, it's just something that people don't plan for. Um, no. And we people don't, don't want to talk... It. People no. don't like to talk about it. And I, that's why I wanted to bring this up. This is why I wanted to yeah. talk about it and shift gears because I feel like if we didn't talk about that, then I didn't do the interview 100%. I wanted to make sure the, I covered all bases the, with you. This is the craziest thing for me. So mm -hmm. putting all the unexpected aside, the crazy thing for me is I'm always shocked when people who have really large estates, they're okay with giving it away to the, you know, when they pass on, they're like, they're okay not using life insurance as a because life insurance is a tax-free vehicle right and they're right. okay i'm like you want to give like 60 percent of it away to the government really oh. like i like they don't wrap their head around how life insurance can be used how, how it can be sexy because it can really right. save wow, a lot of money that's there crazy too. to hear that that is so yeah. crazy to hear that i have I, I have i have many stories about about how life insurance could have been used and it didn't. And and anyway, we could I'm be here sure. all day well, with, yeah, with, with those sure. stories. But yeah, a lot of celebrities. And like I yeah. said, I just learned something from you when you when you talked about partnerships and businesses. I yes. completely forgot about that part. And you know, I always thought of life insurance as protecting your family, but I completely forgot about it no, as in protecting business partners. Key man is so so important. And wow. I always say, if something happens to your business partner, do you want to be in business with their family? or their wife, or their husband, <laughs> you know, or do you want to set it up where you guys are protected? And you, you know, especially for people who are bringing in the equal amount, you know, it's like, if something happens to one of you, you're losing all that revenue. Wow, I wouldn't want that. So crazy. if I ever go into business with somebody, the first thing I'm going to require is we're getting key man. <laughs> oh, and what is it? It's called key Key man insurance. Key man insurance. Key, like a key, like yep, to unlock gotcha. the door. Key man. Nice, nice. So, yeah. Got to get ready to let you get out of here. It was a great okay. interview with you. This but was I want fun. You... No, it was great stuff. And I'd love to have you on again. But I want you to sure. talk your social media and stuff so how people can reach out to you and follow you on Instagram because you're on Instagram. Yeah, and... I'm all my journey now. I'm coming out with another book and, um, we're revamping it right now. And, and so everything I'm going to be posting on Instagram at Deborah Driggs, and I'm going to be putting up a website in a couple of weeks now. We're just finishing that up this week. And so I'll be put all the links to all my stuff are going to be on Instagram. Cool. So we'll make yeah. sure to follow you and stuff like that. So ah, got, guys, yeah. I'm going to thank you. So what I might have you do is when you're ready to, to put that book out and you want to get, you know, talk about this book and, and the release and stuff, I'll get you back on. We'll make sure we'll sure. lock you in. I would love get it. get you back on. This is a great show. Okay. And this show's available. Yeah. As soon as the show goes off, it's available on YouTube and stuff. So guys, I want you all to say hello to Deborah Driggs online. Make sure you follow her. Check out that old book, Hot Pink. And um, again, yeah. Great stuff for having you on. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to be right back with more booth after this. This is your boy, Sinister One, broadcasting from the City of Champions. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bronk. What up, TB? What do you think my next move should be? I got one word for you. Retirement. Tamp down the stress and amp up the relaxation, baby. Retirement is like winning another championship. Maybe I'll even join you. If you retire now, you're going to be walking on soft sand in a week. On a spotty network, this is what Tom heard. Tamp, Bob, 
Bay and win another championship. Tampa Bay? Maybe I'll even join you. If you retire now, you're soft and weak. Go to Tampa Bay and win another championship. Like it's that easy, Gronk. Maybe it is. And my goal is to bring a championship to Tampa Bay. And Gronk's coming with me. Ma! Where are my football pants? Don't trust big decisions to just any network. Go with T-Mobile, the GOAT in 5G. And I'm not soft or weak either. T-Mobile is the leader in 5G. All right, your boys, since we're broadcasting live from the City of Champions, I'm back here in the booth, and I got to thank my guest who was on with me, Deborah Driggs. Want to make sure to check her out and follow her. It was a great interview with her, and um, she's a former Playboy centerfold and model. She is doing a lot of things, and she mentioned the key man insurance. That's another big thing to check out. So going to get into the... Uh, Let's see, we're at 7.54. I got to blow through this show so we can get off here in time so we can watch Maddie Cameron's Maddie C Sports for you and me. But in the news booth, uh, Brockton Nurse uh, on the front lines of COVID, she won a National Health Care Award. Brockton Nurse Claudine Bruff and four others across the nation were recognized for going above and beyond during COVID in 2020. So big props to her. In Boston, grandmother Dolores Delois Brown, 73 years old, was killed by a stray bullet while sitting on the porch. I guess there was an argument that had ensued about planning a barbecue or something. It got heated. Somebody pulled a gun. The gun went off, and she was hit by the stray bullet, and she died. Um, this is just got to stop Boston. This is tragedy. It's the 10th homicide of the year. Um, we get tired of the stray bullet stories. We had one last year. Uh, we had one years ago with a young girl on the porch in Mattapan. It just, it's just got to stop. It's just crazy stuff. Uh, Boston University will study the brain of former Patriots player um, Philip Adams. Philip Adams uh, last week in South Carolina killed five people and himself. Uh, his brain will now be sent out to study at BU University for CTE. And um, I'm not looking forward to hear the results of this one, um, hearing the complaints and the things that was going on with this young man. So um, it's not going to be not going to be good. Um, Johnson and Johnson vaccine has been paused due to blood clots. Um, a lot of people are already out there hemming and hawing and saying, see, this is why you shouldn't look. Only six people have had blood clots. Um, 7.85 million people have been vaccinated with the Johnson and Johnson vaccination, but let's be, let's be real here. Um, when they were putting out all of the vaccinations and the brands, Johnson and Johnson was the lowest percentage as far as, you know, rate and, and, and quality. I believe it was like a 70 to 80% below every, all the other ones that were up in the nineties. So, um, you got to do your homework, people. You got to realize that what you're taking and, and what you're putting in your body. You got to realize if that's the one you want when you're setting up your vaccination appointment. Um, the Johnson and Johnson was a one shot. A lot of people were like, Oh, I'm going to get the one shot. I don't want to deal with the two shots and get sick on the second shot. And they decided to go with the Johnson and Johnson. Um, for some of the older people, they just, they just wanted to get that one shot. So just stay in touch with your PCP <clears throat> And make sure you stay up on this um, because, like I said, it's only six people out of 7.85 million that was vaccinated. But it's still a concern, so they've kind of halted until they can find out <clears throat> the reason for the clotting and move on. 
Uh, in the legal booth, the Derek Chauvin tribal, trial, uh, judge denied motion to sequester the jury um, due to the riots over the Brooklyn Center shooting, which we're going to get into. Um, they wanted to sequester the jury because the riots had gotten nasty. The judge says, no, we're going to keep going on. And then uh, today, the defense, well, yesterday the defense rested. Um, they brought, they had questioned all the people that they needed to question. Uh, the defense rested. Now, I mean, uh, the prosecution, my bad, the prosecution rested. And now the defense took the stand today to start their uh, deliberations. Um, the defense opened up today by bringing up George Floyd's past record, his his arrest history. Now, let's be real honest here. His arrest history doesn't mean shit to what happened to this man during his arrest on that day when Derek Chauvin put his knee on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. All, all of that shit in the past don't matter. Because if that was the case, then the prosecution should have been out there talking about the complete record of Derek Chauvin. Because if we're going to paint this picture of George Floyd, then we need to paint the picture of Derek Chauvin. Because Derek Chauvin's um, arrest complaint record isn't good. As a matter of fact, just prior to the George Floyd incident, if I'm not mistaken, Derek Chauvin had a complaint about an arrest he had made and an abuse, uh, I want to say, almost seven months prior or eight months prior. So if we want to go that route, that's something the prosecution should have done. I think this. I don't think this is a good tactic. I don't think this is the way that the defense should have opened up because, um, to be honest, it's, it's effing irrelevant. <laughs> we need to know about now what happened in that moment. And that's 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 what it's going to come down to. You can try to sway the jury all you want, but that's what it's going to be. Um, Kim Potter resigned today. 26-year veteran, former union president. Uh, for those who didn't hear, and this is why you can't jump to conclusions. Um, we had an incident in Minnesota again where a young man who, you know, he didn't comply. He tried to take off in his car and the officers were trying to, you know, make the arrest. And Officer Kim Potter yells out, taser, taser, taser. Uh, and she accidentally shoots Dante White with her service revolver, her Glock, and kills him. Um, the body cam was released. And she has now stepped down. She's resigned. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. At first, my, my opinion was on the matter was... That, you know, in the heat of the moment, people get confused and do things that, you you know, it's, it's just a horrible mistake. Um, but I actually talked to some people, I talked to Vian Rhea, I talked to some other people. I talk, And I watched this guy who's a cop. And um, I've shared his link on my Facebook page, but he's uh, Officer, I think his name's Officer Brown. I watched the video with him. He speaks, he's a former cop, he speaks, and he talks about how... Officers are supposed to have their taser on their off-dominant hand. So if you're a lefty, your handgun, your service revolver is going to be on your left. Your taser is going to be on your right so you don't make that mistake. Because this happens. This does happen. Um, in some cities and states, the taser is on your chest. So you don't make that mistake. But he says that still, you should know the difference between your Glock and a taser. He says there's a difference in weight in weight. He says, and if she didn't realize that, then she has no business. She should have never been a police officer to begin with. Um, if she can't maintain composure or stuff during that type of situation. It's a great video. If you want to check it out, um, this is what he's saying. But Kim Potter, 26-year veteran, 
uh, she resigned today, and the police chief for the Brooklyn Center also resigned um, because of this. So it's it's just a sad story all around. They're definitely going to have to pay this young man's family out, and um, it's just a, just a horrible, horrible, tragic accident. Um, CC is a trader, KP. He said, police work is hard, but if you don't like it, get a different job is what he posted. Um, yeah, that's kind of what this, this young man said that's on my Facebook page. He posted and he said that he said the same thing. He said that, you know, she shouldn't be a police officer and she should definitely lose her job. So, you know, that this is where we're headed here. Um, also heading into the entertainment booth. Um, as you see behind me, Earl Simmons passed away 50 years old. He's in the back here behind me suffering a, uh, drug overdose. He, he had a drug overdose that led to a heart attack and then the heart attack, uh, put him into the hospital. He ended up in, a uh, uh, let's see. He ended up on life support. Um, his family seen him and they had to make a decision and, um, DMX passed over the weekend. It was, it's, it was just a tough one because, you know, as a DJ, I play a lot of DMX's music. Um, I do a lot of sporting events and for the Brockton Junior Boxers and the Bay State Buccaneers. And when they score the touchdown, every time these young kids or men score the touchdown, I would always play DMX's Party Up just to get everybody going and twirling their towels. And it, it became kind of a staple um, to the point where visiting teams used to hate when we scored because they knew the DMX was coming and everybody was going to be up out of their seats for Party Up. And um, to know that he's gone <clears throat> is, is tough. Um, also in the entertainment booth, Godzilla versus Kong is now the biggest film of the pandemic. Uh, look, we had a private screening. I was like a little kid all over again. We are two weeks in after this release of this film, Godzilla versus Kong has taken in $69.5 million here domestically. Globally, it is taking in, it's taken in $360 million. Huge, <laughs> huge money for two huge characters. And if you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> go check it out on HBO. It's only there for 30 days, man. You got to check it out. So um, Netflix, really, I got a couple of trailers here for you guys. Netflix released a couple of trailers this week. Actually, Netflix released one. I'm on, it released two, but I'm only going to show one that really excited me. And then I got a, a WB HBO Max one that I got to show you guys. But this is the trailer for Jupiter's Legacy. It's another superhero film, TV show that that they've got coming on. Um, I myself, I feel like I can't wait. I can't wait for this one. And um, here it is, Jupiter's Legacy, Netflix. Peep this trailer. Here you go. Don't you remember the island? And what we had to do to earn these powers. 90 years. 90 years, and what do we have to show for it? We've made a difference, Shell. What was Dad like when he was younger? Nothing ever rattled a bastard. The man I knew was never at home when I was a kid. Too busy saving the world. 
Everything you do is a reflection on this family. You have to be the ideal. No one can live up to the ideal. Not even Dad. Not even close to being ready. And I'm doing everything I can to keep this family from falling apart. Well, it's not working. It used to be that you protect your country. They call you a hero. The world is changing. So I guess we're gonna have to change with it. whether I can do this anymore. I do the right thing. Somebody dies. I do the wrong thing. Somebody dies. So what would you do if you were the one calling the shots? Why'd they put you in a fire tower? Well, I'm just lucky, I guess. I read the wind wrong. I should have gone to them. Then you've been dead, too. That's our job. I want to see where the blood's coming from. It's not my blood. You in trouble? Anyone else in trouble? My dad said if anything happened, I should find someone I can trust. Are you someone I can trust? We promise absolutes. Act accordingly. Cut you down. Run! Give me something else to worry about. You can run on for a long time. Listen. Run on for a long time. You're gonna run. Run on for a long time. And you're gonna keep running. That eats everything in its path. You really want to die for this kid? Take a deep breath. Hold it. And lay back. What happens next? 
your boy since one back here in the city of champions you're listening to the booth watching the booth and that was the trailers for jupiter's legacy on netflix and those who wish me dead may 7th on um hbo max with angelina jolie making her return to films um she had been sick for a little while she'd been battling breast cancer and then she was taking care of her kids because her and her husband were having a nasty nasty divorce so um it's nice to see her back on the screen um and looks like a pretty good movie those who wish me dead moving on into the sports booth brockton high big props to brockton high for taking down bridgewater Raynham to capture their first southeast conference crown Big shout out. There's a few Brockton Junior Boxers who are on that team. Uh, Ike Winoni, I believe his son was on that squad. So big ups to them. Um, I remember when him and his kids came up to me at Market Basket and wanted to know about this football program, the Brockton Junior Boxers. They were little and um, they joined the Junior Boxers. Now his kids are off in high school. I think he's also got one in college. Uh, So uh, big ups to them taking home that Southeast Conference crown. Also a new mass taking home the first national championship with a dominant win over the St. Cloud State. I think it was like 5-0. to zero. They whooped that ass, UMass men's team. So it's their first national title um, here in the NCAA in this area. So great stuff for them. Congrats to them. Also here in New England, the, the hits just keep coming sports-wise on the professional level. Uh, but it was it was really no surprise to me. Uh, Julian Edelman, last year he tried to make it through the season and he went back out with this knee injury and we knew, you know, a lot of us who follow football and know his career, um, you know, and if you had seen him walking around outside of football, you knew that this was, you know, this is tough for him. Um, The word is, is that he failed his physical and he has no cartilage or nothing in his knee. Um, he's bone on bone. And for those who don't know anything about knee injuries and all this stuff and cartilage and things of that matter. So the cartilage is what is between the, the knee and the joint and behind the cap. And that allows you to move. It allows you to cut. What happens is, is it's the same as my mother. My mother lost all the cartilage in her hip due to her stiff person syndrome. And once that happens is what happens is is that it's bone on bone and when you have bone on bone this is what is called arthritis so in other words he'd be fine he'd go out he julian him to go out and play a game and do all the stuff that he does on that field to play but there's no cartilage there's no protection there's no sponge in there to absorb so now it's bone on bone bone on bone during the game and then what happens the, the arthritis it flares up the knee swells and He's probably in excruciating pain. Um, he didn't pass the team physical. Um, and one of the things is is when you can't pass that team physical, nobody's going to sign off on you to play. And, you know, a lot of people right out the gate because they, everybody jumped the gun. You know, when, when the Patriots terminated his contract, the first thing everybody said, oh, he's going to Tampa. And I was like, he ain't going to Tampa. He's not going to Tampa. Y'all don't realize this. he didn't pass the physical. If he didn't pass the physical here... He's not going to pass a physical in Tampa. He's not going to pass a physical in San Fran. He's not going to pass a t- physical in Houston. He's not going to pass a physical in Kansas City. 
So please, people, stop. He ain't going to friggin' Tampa Bay to be with Brady and Gronkowski. He's he's done. He's junk. And sure enough, within ten minutes, he comes out and he announced his retirement. And um, now we've started this whole discussion about the Hall of Fame and people debate. I, I to be honest, I may even have a, a separate show talking about Edelman in the Hall of Fame. Is he going to get a Patriots Hall of Fame red jacket? Of course, of course, Julian Edelman will get into the Patriots Hall of Fame. That's a no brainer. But as far as the NFL Hall of Fame, which would be 2026, uh, like I said on my Facebook page, I can name 10 receivers who played that slot position that's not in the Hall of Fame and were just as gutsy and took a beating like him. I remember before we had or even talked about Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, everybody here loved Wayne Corbett. Everybody in the NFL loved Wayne Corbett, who played for the Jets and took those hits across the slot. Wayne Corbett was a solid slot receiver. Not there. Heinz Ward for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Way better numbers than Edelman. And I get it. I got it. Edelman got three Super Bowls here. I got it. He made some great-ass catches that turned the tide. I get it. I get it. But let the process do what it needs to do. I'm not going to rush the man into the Hall of Fame when there's others before him who should get in before him. Victor Cruz, another slot receiver for the Giants. Crazy numbers. So, look, let's not make knee-jerk reactions. I love Julian Edelman to death as a player here. But let's be real. He, 2026, if he gets in, he gets in. But, I, look, there's a lot more people who should be going in before uh, Julian Edelman. And that's just speaking from being an NFL football fan and, and respecting the sport. <clears throat> While we get in here and talk about Julian Edelman... Um, there were some things that Edelman actually put out. And let me get this up here for you guys. Julian Edelman put up a nice thank you, Foxborough Forever. I wouldn't be surprised if the man trademarked that <laughs> and locked it down and got that done. Put some shirts and put something out there. Get it going. Because um, I'll buy one. If, if, if Julian Edelman puts out a Foxborough Forever t-shirt, I'm buying it. Sign me the F up for it. And then what we were all waiting for. We all sat back, we waited, and it came. Here it is. Tom Brady puts out a tweet shortly after Julian Edelman retired. We were all waiting for it. Tom Brady says, on the biggest stage and in the biggest moments, you always came through. You never lost that chip on your shoulder, and you never let anyone define you as a person or player. I'm proud of you, Jules. I love you. At Edelman 11. And here's what he's talking about. Um, Julian Edelman at Kent State was a quarterback. Um, and lots of times what happens is, is people get drafted and, you know, or they get brought somewhere and they get changed, their position gets changed and they get put at wide receiver or they get put whatever. Warren Sapp came into Miami as a tight end. And then Warren Sapp ended up taking The Rock's job after The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, got injured. And Warren Sapp ends up being one of the best defensive players of all time in the NFL. So go figure. Go figure. So here's what I want to do with you guys, too, real quick. Um, I was lucky enough to interview Julian Edelman. And I'm going to show you this clip real quick, and then we'll be right back. Hold on. Here we go. All right, what's up? It's your boy, Sinister One here from the booth. I'm here with the man, wide receiver Julian Edelman. And this is a guy 
that you know people say, oh, he's the West Wolfcone, he's this, he's that. To me, he's Julian Edelman. He made a name for himself, and this year is going to be step up here because my feeling is, is West Wolf is going to do a lot of rehab. You're going to be that guy. Are you ready to step it up and be that guy that they're going to be looking forward to? Well, I, I hate the word step up because um, you step it up all the time. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's what I you know, think you should do as a professional athlete and uh, playing at this level. Uh, you should always be stepping up. I mean, anytime your number's called, you just got to go in there and you got to do what you got to do. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to step up this year. I'm just going to do what I did last year, prepare myself to the best of my ability and. Uh, Hopefully go from there. And I want to give you big props because you stayed out here. You're the last guy out here signing autographs. Kids are still waiting for you. And I'm um, like we said, this season's coming up right out the gate. You got an AFC matchup, and then you got three divisional matchups right off the bat. I mean, the taste in your mouth is going to be ready already for this season. Hey, um, you know, I'm hungry uh, for all that. But uh, first, you got training camp. You got to do that. And <laughs> two days. Two days. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I got to work on a lot of things this off season. Uh, I still got to learn the position uh, of receiver, and you know uh, it's going to take a lot of work and preparation, and you know I'm looking forward to that in training camp. And one last question: How's it feel to be heading into training camp and not being a rookie and starting cars with people this year? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it feels good, but all these guys hassle you and say, "Game three, that's when you're not a rookie." So I guess I'm still a rookie to these guys. So, you know, all right, Julian, it is. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. Man. Good luck this season. Take it easy. Big ups to Julian Edelman. Great interview. Um, he was just entering his second year here, and everybody was still on that Wes Welker train. And um, me and Marcel Smith, we saw it. We had been down the training camp. We saw how hungry this kid was. We knew that this was a kid that was going to be a household name. Um, I remember me and Marcel stayed there to make sure we got this interview with, with him because at that time, everybody was, like I said, was on the Wes Welker train. Wes Welker went down, was going to rehab for an injury, and that meant that he was stepping up, and people were just so, oh, but Wes, we're going to miss Wes. And we were, I was like, look, pff, this is the kid. Y'all going to forget about Wes Welker in a heartbeat. And sure enough, um, y'all did. <laughs> everybody did. And I'm seeing everybody pour out their hearts right now um, in regards to this guy retiring Julian Edelman. So big ups, man. Big ups to you. So glad uh, you were here as a career patriot. And um, props, bud. Props. Moving on in the sports booth. WrestleMania 37 did not disappoint. It was two nights of wrestling. The main event on Saturday night. My girl Sasha Banks from Boston. She lost that belt to Bianca. But it was a great match. Um... The next night, the main event was Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryant in a triple threat match. And that did not disappoint. Oh, my God. Big match. Roman Reigns came out on top, but Edge and Daniel Bryant, it was one hell of a match. It was, it was, it was just amazing. So, for two nights, I'd love to see two nights of WrestleMania happen again. Um, we'll see. Um, Raymond James Stadium was packed for this event. Packed. Packed. For this event. And um, I couldn't wait to see all this stuff go down with fans back in the building. It was nice. It was nice. And then the big surprise of WrestleMania 37 was recording artist Bad Bunny from Puerto Rico. Who got in the ring against uh, the tag team of Miz. And I always forget Miz's partner there. Uh, but he was with Damien, Damien Priest. And Bad Bunny set the level real high for everybody else that's coming along as celebrities. 
Uh, Bad Bunny did some stuff that a lot of celebrities never usually do. He kicked ass. He, it, the, the match lived up to the hype and surprised everybody. So big props to Bad Bunny. I know Romero from Hot 96.9, he was happy, as he would say, his people, <laughs> his people being from the PR, held it down. So he was bragging and boasting on Monday about the fact that Bad Bunny locked it down at WrestleMania 37. And for me, Alexa, Alexa Bliss stole the show for me. Um, it was Return of the Fiend taking on... Um, Oh, man. I forget who it was he took on, but he... She changed the match. Lights went out, and then they had this weird light, and she had this blood thing hooked up to her face, and I've got the picture on my... But she stole the show. Randy Orton is who he fought. Randy Orton is who he fought. It was a it was a great match, but she, she stole that match. And um, it was great stuff. So, moving on into the sports booth. Uh, whoa, where are my sports boost stories? Oh, no, no, we're done. That was it. That was my last sports boost story. Heading into the Biden bombshells. Nice. Borderhead Roberta Jacobson is to step down from post. The reason why she's stepping down from a post is because she can't deal with this issue of people coming to the border. The influx of immigrants coming to the borders. Now, these people aren't getting into the country. So people who are putting this holding out here about people getting into the... They're not. They're being held at the border. They're being held in hotels and all this stuff. Uh, the problem here is is that everybody in Mexico and all these countries assumed that when Biden got elected that, that it was going to be open borders. That was the problem. They assumed it was going to be open borders and they could just send whoever they want. And the problem is, is they're sending their kids, three-year-old kids, four-year-old kids, five-year-old kids, ten-year-old kids, by themselves with other kids to the border with phone numbers... For those who relatives who live in this country thinking that when they get here, they're going to call these relatives and these relatives are going to come get them. That's not how it works, people. That's not. The kids, unfortunately, are going to be detained. Um, we know they had this issue with the cages. They're actually right now, uh, FEMA is involved in putting kids and people up in hotels along the borders, which is, to be honest, it's helping out because a lot of these hotels and stuff along the borders weren't getting visitors because of COVID. So they're getting government money to help house these, these immigrants who have come here. Now they, there was a horrible story of a three-year-old boy, I believe drowned or a seven-year-old girl or something of that sort. Um, it's just, it's just horrible, but she stepped down from her post. Uh, no one has been announced to take that over yet. And she kind of inherited the issue, but she's stepping down. She's not able to handle it. Um, Biden is about to announce the withdrawal of U.S. troops on the anniversary date of September 11th from Afghanistan. We've heard this before from every other president. And then something always happens and we never get out of Afghanistan. Something always allows us to end up having to stay. So I'm not going to hold my breath, but September 11th is the date. <laughs> Let's see if, if he can get them out. Um, Trump was supposed to get them out of Afghanistan and it was something that Bush had signed before Obama that was supposed to happen and it didn't happen, which is why they could leave. And then people were blaming Obama and they had nothing to do with Obama. It had to do with what something that Bush had signed. It's just sheer craziness. So let's see what happens. September 11th, let's see if we can get our troops back home and out of Afghanistan. Uh, this past Sunday was the <laughs> White Lives Matter movement. <laughs> Rallies were supposed to happen all over the country. All over the country, all these people were supposed to set up these White Lives Matters. And um, it was a bust, a big effing bust, to the point where uh, they had nobody showing up 
uh, one dude went and he said that he was the only person there that showed up to the event. The organizers didn't even show up. And here's why, people. Here's why. Because a lot of these racist White Lives Matter people saw what is happening to these people who insurrected on January 6th. Uh, and people are now back into hiding. People have gone back into hiding. They don't want to be outed on social media for attending a White Lives Matter event and losing their jobs. Or they don't want to end up on the no-fly list. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was funny that the White Lives Matter rallies were a complete utter bust to the point where organizers no-showed. Um, unfortunately here in Bridgewater, a few weeks ago, they had an event here where some of these idiots showed up, but that's a whole, that was a whole nother story. But again, um, they didn't show up <laughs> and that was it. Um, as we head out of here, um, there are my beanies, but I got to show you a clip real quick so we can get out of here and you guys can watch Maddie C's sports for you and me. Um, I have an, are you serious segment? And this is PBB's professional bowlers. Uh, newer, nailing the 710. Are you crazy? Now, both my my stepson, he plays bowl, he plays bowling in the league. So, before we get into my beanies here, I got you guys to check out this segment of Are You Serious? Watch this man. The first 710 split to be taken down in 30 years on national television. Check it out. You know, I think there's so many processes to becoming a champion on this tour. And especially winning a major. And uh, I'll get to those processes right after this shot. Again, you can see that ball breaking loose early. 7-10. Come on, man. Again, the look back. So That's what that I mean. I don't know why I re -ragged. Right through the face, leaving the 7-10. The 7-10 only been made on television three times in the history of professional bowling on TV. Come on, kid, do it. Oh, he did it! He did it! He, did it! he got the 710, Randy! Oh, he did it! Woo-hoo-hoo! My goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 710! You bet, kid! You bet! Oh, man! Give me some oxygen and water to spare the game! Brought to you by Guaranteed Rate. If you believe it, you can do it. Guaranteed Rate. Believe you will. I believe the ginger assassin can drop the 7-10. Oh, man. It actually came off of the bowling ball. Insane. Into the seven. And I'm not sure politically correct there. Can we call him the ginger assassin? Is that... Is that politically correct to call him the ginger assassin during the broadcast? Are we canceling him? I don't I don't know. Um, but, hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. Um, it's been great stuff. And check out my beanies here. Got to appreciate everybody who's been buying the beanies. I appreciate you. We're going along here. And um, even more people coming along with the beanies. Good stuff. So, guys, I'm going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, Viana Marie has a show on the 30th at the VFW. It's ladies night for murder the Mike. Make sure to check out Oscar Mike radio, which is live right now. Maddie C sports for you and me kicks off at eight 30. Nathaniel Cormier story line tease LLC. You want to check this interview out. It's great stuff. And other than that, SpongeBob 
do me a effing favor and take me home. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I make it, bitch, no repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing, cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit, I got my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-Gatsu-Razoo.com W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-Gatsu-Razoo.com Enter website, enter website, enter website.